Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is Mark and Sarah. Talk about songs. Hello, everybody. Today, it's actually just Sarah Talks About Songs. I'm your co-host, Sarah D. Bunting. My co-host, Mark Blankenship, is on vacation, and even if he were in the United States of America at the moment, he still would not really care about our topic today, which is a ranking episode of The Eagles, Their Greatest Hits, 1971 to 1975. So that's aka Volume 1 of Their Greatest Hits. I'm going to be ranking that album, and I am doing it with help from you guys who took the poll on Facebook. Thank you so much for helping me out with that. Uh, So here's how it works. If you've never heard a ranking episode before, um, I go through the album in track order, talk a little bit about it, maybe play a clip, maybe not, and then I give it a point value based on its ranking. So this album has 10 songs. If I ranked Take It Easy number one, spoiler, I don't, but for the purposes of explanation, if I ranked it number one, it would then get 10 points, the number two song would get nine points, and so on. The twist here, of course, is that I used your poll responses to combine with my rankings and get an overall ranking. Uh, You guys voted for your top three or least unfavorite three tracks on this album and then I'm going to combine those point values with mine and we'll get an overall uh, sense of what the best and worst songs on the album are. Okay so without further ado let's not take it too easy but let's start with Take It Easy. That is the first track on the album. Uh, It's a perfectly quintessential Eagles, SoCal, Southwestern, Jeans and Macrame sound great thing to lead off the album with. Let's hear a little bit. Well, I'm running down the road trying to loosen my load. I got seven Classic Eagles. Um, This song was co-written by Jackson Brown and Glenn Frey. And once you know that it's a Brown track, you totally can't unhear that in the opening chords. Um, The line about the women, love the internal rhyme. It's such a 70s line. Um, We have lived with this song for so long that it seems kind of cookie cutter, or at least it does to me. But this was the original cookie. Uh, in a sense, the probably a hash cookie. This was the band's first single. It came out in May of 1972, which means it's older than I am, which means people probably played it on a Victrola. Um, Points for vintageness. I like this track. I don't love this track. It's just a very, I think if they sent, had to send one Eagle song like Into Space with Voyager 3, they would send this one. But it was my number six song. I gave it five points. You guys are super into this song. It sort of um, came around a couple of other songs on the backstretch to take number one. 42 people voted for it. That's the number one song in the poll for 10 points. Witchy Woman is next. Not as successful. Uh, 
the lyrics are a little on the cheesy side and even cheesier. I did a little research on the song and found out that Don Henley was inspired by Zelda Fitzgerald. Um, Here's another quote from the Wikipedia page. Other influences for the song include books by Carlos Castaneda. Of course they do. Fucking shut up, Don Henley. Anyway, what a Henley annoying and kind of cool at the same time thing. (laughs) It's just classic. Um, The sexist anti-groupie sentiment is kind of that sour note in it. And I just, the song is like, just kind of okay for me. I could do without it. It's become a shorthand for some shit that I don't care for in the culture, especially at that time. Um, Like magical evil poontang, give me a break. Uh, This was my number seven song on the album. So that's four points. You guys were even less fond of it. Uh, It was your number nine song with two points. Lion Eyes is next. Um, One of those overused shorthand songs, I guess. I don't, I just don't have a ton of use for this one. It did win a Grammy and it, it has this like compassion actually that is noteworthy, I think, about the compromises that women had to make post-sexual revolution or maybe I'm just trying to find something good to say about it, um, since that's what I would do if uh, Mark were here. This is his great influence, is always being like, but look how shiny the silver lining is, even though it's very thin. Uh, It's just way too long for starters. Like six and a half minutes is about four and a half minutes too many for this. And lyrically at the end, it loses a lot of uh, muscle tone. how things ever got this crazy is rhymed with lazy, which exactly. And she's so far gone. She feels just like a fool. I can't exactly point to why that lyric is annoying, but it's annoying to me because once you like you sing it and it rhymes and everything and you're like, Oh, ha ha. You feel just like a fool. But what? Like when you look at the whole lyric, it's like, it's, it seems like it's saying something, but it's actually not really saying anything. Uh, and that was only good enough for a number eight ranking for me. Three points. Uh, listeners felt about the same. Uh, you guys ranked at number seven, and that's four points. Uh, the fourth album, or the fourth track on the album is already gone. This song is the reason I bought the Greatest Hits album when I was in high school um, on CD. I loved hearing it on classic rock radio. Um, I, In my notes, I have this um, question mark, uh, and then I'm just sort of wondering how many of the songs in the bite me, like kiss off genre were made irrelevant by CeeLo's fuck you like 10 years ago. Um, but it's still a great track. Actually, let's listen to a clip.
I love the. I love that the lyrics are like, for someone who was sort of gutting out the last gasp dramas of 12 years of girl school when she got into this um, record, it's great lyrically. Musically, it's great to just have blasting out your open car windows when you're leaving a place that you are never going back to because it's never again. Uh, the key change and the high tenor addition on the harmonies at the last chorus is really great. Uh, it can be a little on the nose, like there are some days I'm not in the mood for it, but it's still a great track, and I ranked it number three for eight points. Uh, you all were not as fond, but it was still in your top half, uh, ranked number five with six points. And now we must confront Desperado. Uh, I almost just didn't even re-listen to it. Uh... This was the track that if I was within arm's reach of the CD player, I would skip it. Um, I'm glad I listened to it again, but I still don't like it. Uh, it's self-regard for its own like lacrimosity and that sort of proto-men's rights, like here I am fixing the fence line with my broken heart. I just, I can't. Uh, but I'm glad I listened to it again. It does have some lyrics that are on point about like homesickness and depression and feeling alienated from your own life. But the strings, like the arrangement generally, I think does not serve the lyrics as well as it could. I think it should have been a more stripped down uh, presentation the end is very soppy. This is only three and a half minutes. It feels a full minute and a half longer to me. Um, it is interesting to listen to knowing that Henley has said that this song is where his and Fry's songwriting partnership began. And you can kind of see how that is true, but they're not as like locked in to working together yet as they would be later. Um, that they are sort of um, still, uh, what's that term for when toddlers, like they play quote unquote together, but they're really just parallel play. It's like two two-year-olds just like both playing with blocks adjacently. Um, it doesn't quite settle down into itself for me. And I have heard this one way too many times and I think it's, not it's just not my thing um so this is my number nine song it only got two points you guys this is where i think we had our um biggest divergence um because this was leading the poll for the first several days and i was like maybe i shouldn't do this single because if everyone really likes desperado maybe i don't <laughs> like I don't even exist at this school. So um, I was like concerned that maybe it was just too, I was too far off the beaten path. But it wound up at number three for eight points. Uh, so we are going to see where that puts it in the rankings later on. But first, let's get to my number one song of the album, One of These Nights. And in order for anything I'm about to say to make sense, we gotta hear a clip first. Here we go. One of these 
that, listeners, is how I was impregnated by Don Henley's falsetto. Um, <laughs> my brother Dave and I refer to that do-do-do-do guitar lick as the panty dropper. And I can um, let you know that uh, not only the pair of panties I had on at the beginning of this recording, but also all of the ones that were in the drawer in my uh, closet have just jumped out onto the floor. Uh, that is hot. That is so hot. It takes you right back to what it must have been like to have like pickup bar sex with some cowboy in a Nevada juke joint in the middle of nowhere. His jeans were real tight. He obviously wasn't wearing underpants. He'd had a bunch of Bud Light. Why not? I have I have my problems with Don Henley's pretensions, but I mean to tell you, if he even hummed a couple of bars of this song down the block from me, I would fuck him into a coma. Don Felder too. Come on, get it. Now that you can't unknow this information about Buncey, that is my number one song, as I said, uh, 10 points. And you guys were fairly fond of it, if not, you know, impregnated with his child. You had it at number four with seven points. Um, before I go into labor, let us move along to Tequila Sunrise. I didn't pull a clip for this uh, because I just don't care that much. It's not an offensive song. I don't, I'm not going to lunge at the radio to turn it off. It just feels kind of superfluous given other tracks on the album like Lion Eyes and um, also, uh, also, what's it called? Um, Take It Easy to some extent. Uh, it didn't do... It's just similar in like composition and tone. It didn't do much on the charts and maybe that's why. The lyrics are fine, but it's just a little too close to the other tracks. And uh, as much as I'd like to do a whole playlist um, of songs that refer to drinks, and this would obviously have to go on it, uh, as a song, like Qua Song, I just don't care about it. So it was dead last for me with only one point and you guys agreed. Dead last, one point. Take it to the limit. Um, I used to love. It lands a little bit more maudlin now, but I still love that bittersweet harmony in the verse. Um, the end goes on a little too long with the sing-along choruses sort of going to the edge of the vinyl. It's a little self-indulgent. It's a little too long, but tonally the song is spot on and locates you really well in that like I've had a little too much um red wine heartbreak zone that feeling when like you see the sun come up and instead of feeling like relieved or energized by the prospect of a new day you just feel burdened by having to get to the end of another one um you can totally smell like spilled beer on smoky car upholstery. It's very evocative. It's not my favorite anymore, though. Uh, I did have this at number six with five points. Excuse me, that's not correct. I had this at number four with seven points. Uh, you guys really liked the song and had it at number two with uh, nine points. So I think that one's going to do pretty well. Um, I have a peaceful, easy feeling about its prospects. Actual peaceful, easy feeling is another one that's kind of interchangeable with a couple of other songs. It's it's a very likable kind of interchangeable. So I did 
rank it higher. And this is a song that actually feels shorter than its runtime, which is uh, four plus minutes. Um, it is very quintessentially this band. There's no fat on it. Everything in the song is there for a reason. I like it fine. I put it number five, six points, and so did you guys. Number five, six points. So let us wrap it up with Best of My Love. Uh, I feel like there may be another fairly serious divergence in our future. Let's listen to a clip first. Every morning I wake up and worry What's gonna happen today You see it your way I see it mine But we both see it slipping away funny one. I think this is another song that it depends on the day um, that you listen to it. I can totally see that everything that I said about Desperado um, that was negative and talked about it being kind of lugubrious could totally just as well apply to Best of My Love. But I like that they went full country with it, with the um, slide guitar, it gets at a certain end of the affair um, heaviness and sadness and also that feeling of kind of being on the road and feeling out of phase with everything around you. Uh, I really like this song. I think it's well tracked and it points up the way that this album has been built. Uh, the track ordering I think is excellent and going out on this note and especially if you listen to the two greatest hits albums back to back, more on that in a sec, uh, I think it's a good transition into um, the even more cynical and like broken down ideas of volume two. So I had this pretty high up. It was number two with nine points. You guys were not that into it. Uh, number eight, three points. So... Uh, where does that leave us? Let us begin at the bottom so that we can go out on a high note, as it were. Uh, not much mystery here. Tequila Sunrise is everyone's least favorite um, by a significant margin, two points total. Um, not not great, Bob or Don. Um, and then the second least favorite was Witchy Woman. That had six points. Uh, Lion Eyes was not much better regarded. It was only a point away with seven. Uh, in third favorite place on the positive side, uh, we have already gone. Um, oh, no, excuse me. We don't. I can't read or do math. We have Take It Easy. You guys loved it. I thought it was just okay, but that was still enough to give it 15 points. One point ahead of that at 16 points is Take It to the Limit. Um, we did not we were not totally in accord on that one, but we all liked it pretty well. And that was enough to make it our second favorite. And to my 
utter surprise. And these rankings always surprise me uh, in some way, but I certainly didn't expect one of these nights to squeak into first place, which it did at 17 points. Uh, it definitely helped that I love it so much, but you guys like it a lot too. And just to note that they're... Um, all of the top four are one point away from each other. So it's one of these nights is in first, take it to the limit second, take it easy third, and then right behind it in fourth um, is already gone with 14 points. Well, thank you so much for going on this journey with me. And I've got some good news and some bad news about Greatest Hits Volume 2. The good news is I am going to rank it and you are going to have a poll uh, in which you can help me. The bad news is you have to be a Patreon supporter in order to vote in that particular poll. Uh, you can find our Patreon page at patreon.com slash mastass. Uh, there's a lot of fun stuff to look at, think about, and do there. And there's supporters-only content that you can enjoy. But I'm going to wrap up with some more good news, which is that this poll will be open to supporters at all levels of participation. So... If this only feels like it's worth a dollar a month to you, I totally get it, but I would really love your input. Uh, we always like to hear from all of our listeners, uh, Patreon supporters, and everyone else. So I hope that you're excited to either um, stand for or shit on Hotel California and its brethren on the Volume 2 album. You will be hearing that uh, single in a couple of weeks. Uh, so once again, this is Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs, a Sarah single, Ranking the Eagles. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you have uh, comments, please reach out to us. We're on email, talkaboutsongs at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at TalkSongs. We're on Facebook at mastass.com podcast and of course if you want to get in on the volume two action because there's some real stinkers on that bitch you can find us at patreon.com slash mastass thanks so much for listening and i'll talk to you next time this is mark and sarah talk about songs Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.